Church family, this is the last I want to say about this, but uh, thank you. One of my greatest joys as a pastor is that we give joyfully. And just, I just enjoy, I love that part about our local church. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. In the second in our series about our, our life and times as we live, the days of our lives. Last week I speak on the subject of the beauty of transition. And if you weren't here last week, I would encourage you to either get a CD here or a DVD or watch it online. Uh, giving you practical insight about transition. Last week many of us have a negative view about transition. You'll hear people say, man, I'm just in a transition period of my life. And they speak of it as a negative thing. But transition is the gift of God. It is the time and place that God gives you to prepare yourself for the next place. And today I want to speak to you on the subject of times and seasons. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. For everything there is a season. Mark that down in your Bible. Everything. So is that some things? Okay, everything. There is a season. And a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather them together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. God must be serious about this subject to have a compilation of verses that give you example after example after example after example of times and seasons in our life. For everything that God has planned for you to see, to know, to have, and to experience, there is a time for it, a scheduled time. The question is not, will God allow it for you, but you, will you recognize it when it comes? The question is not, will God allow you to experience everything that He has planned for you? The question is, will you recognize it and joyfully experience it? The most important thing about our life experiences is not how many that we have, but did you experience them fully in the right way at the right time? Some of us are frustrated today because we're out of step with life. We're out of sequence. We're out of rhythm. Have you ever witnessed someone dance out of rhythm? Are you sitting next to that person? <laughs> just one beat off. If somebody beside me is clapping just one beat off, it just messes the whole thing up. I go, I just want to sit on a... Y'all have rows that say coordinated. <laughs> We've all been there. Have you ever had your life just one beat out of line? And for the life of you, you can't seem to get back on rhythm. What you have to do is you have to get alone and get all the distracting voices out of the way and feel the heartbeat of God and line your, line up, your light up with it. 
Others of us are despondent because we feel like there has to be more to life than this. And there is. There is. Because God has planned, scheduled, and allowed a time for everything for you. And then there are those of us today that live in fear that our times will never happen and that our season will never change. There is a time for everything under the sun. There's time for everything. So you don't have to be in a hurry and you don't have to worry. God has scheduled it. I want to speak to you for a few moments on the subject, our times and seasons. Let's pray together. Father, I feel like this morning, like last week, that I'm not so much preaching a sermon, but that I'm sitting in my office with my friends, sharing with them some of the things I've learned about you in my own life. May we find wisdom today, O oh Lord. Will something become just a little clearer? May we find the rhythm again. May our hearts beat synchronized with yours. May we live in the awareness that all things are going to find their way to us, but we won't get to keep all things. May we get the wisdom, may we have the knowledge and the patience to live our lives fully and wholly before you. In Jesus' name, amen. Your life is comprised with times. In parentheses, T-I-M-E-S, times, things, a time to heal, a time to be sick, a time to make war, a time of peace, a time to love, and a time to hate. Your life is filled with all of these specific times. Your life is in perpetual motion with many constants, like day and night. They happen over and over and over, and others are not so predictable, like war and peace. Your life is not static. It is a, an organic flowing of events that are coming by you at such a rapid pace, especially with the uh, boom in technology uh, in the last 10 years or so. And if you're not careful, you will reduce your experience to just seeing things and not embracing things. You'll just acquire facts and never have the feelings that go with the facts. One of the earmarks of the Christian life is abundant living. Not the accumulation of facts or the accumulation of experiences, but of living in them fully as they happen. You cannot create times, nor can you preserve them. But you can make moments. See, I can't create the times of my life. Uh, it's kind of like the couple that gets pregnant and they said, oh, we weren't planning on that. I said, well, what was your plan not to have children? Well, we didn't have a plan. I said, you know what you call a young married couple with no plan, don't you? Parents. That's what you call them. That was your... <laughs> Sorry. Delete that out of the, 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 the video, please. We, we don't plan and create negative encounters. We don't plan on relational difficulty. There are many times that come upon you. You can't make yourself get pregnant. You can't just find a spouse. People say, I did. Yeah, well, that's why that's not good. You, you don't just pick one. They 
please forgive me because this is not just a clear-cut line upon line sermon life happens and as you're led by the spirit of the lord you recognize and embrace those things and how you deal with the unexpected determines whether your life is a good one or a bad one now i can't create times listen but i can make moments and i don't know who this is for today but you are at the mercy of things happening to you and you don't realize the power that you have to make a moment in your home to make a moment with your children Already at seven months old, already I, I see the trap of opening up a computer screen. And I got my babies right there. And over and over I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, you're missing the moment. You're missing the moment. You're missing the moment. What are we going to do when we get to the end of our life and we give an account and we realize that God had this full, rich, aromatic bouquet of joy and we've missed it because we were reacting to the things coming down the pike alone. When's the last time you made a moment with your wife? When's the last time that a song was in Walmart playing or somewhere and it was a song that was y'all's song and you just took her and said, dance with me, woman. You know you can't resist me, dance with me. The last time you showed up at your kid's school and your kid would say, it's not daddy day, that's next month. And you said, every day is your daddy's day to love you. See, we want mystical and ethereal. And the Bible said there's a time and place for everything. And all these things happen to you. But it's not just what happens to you. You have the power to create moments all the time. Moments of encouragement, moments of life, moments of support, moments of joy. We get frustrated when we try to create times in our life, though. I told you you can create moments. But we get frustrated when we try to create times. We try to create healing, and it doesn't heal. We try to create peace, and there's no peace. We try to create laughter. So it's critical that you know the difference between moments and times. You can create a moment, but you can't create times. So are we at the mercy of the next card being dealt? Or do we have a power that transcends what happens to us and gives us the ability to live in the now and to live fully? We get frustrated when we try to use our energy to try and manipulate our times instead of how to live, learning how to live in them. Do you spend the majority of your time manipulating life to try to get it like you like? Or do you have the capacity, the courage, and the character to embrace life fully as it comes? We are worn out because we're trying to organize and create and govern and shape the times of our life. And the secret to Christianity is not shaping the times. It's living in them with the awareness of God, with the power of God, with the peace of God. And with the joy of God. And not so much worried about the card that's being dealt. Because we see the hand of the one dealing the cards. That being our father. We get frustrated when we compare our times with others. Because they are not equal. You can't compare yourself to someone else. They may be in a different season. Look at him. Got that new car. Hmm. Must be nice. Did you see the mess they drove for six years? 
Anytime you compare yourself with someone else, you are unwise because it has to be identical. Your experiences leading up to the comparison have to be identical. You would have to walk in their shoes. They walked in yours, had the exact same amount of encouragement, relationship support, and no one's equal. And we get frustrated when we want our times to match up with their times. Truth be told, if you were able to look at a bird's eye view of someone's life, you would see that if you compared yourself with them a year ago, you'd have went, oh my goodness, I didn't know they went through all of that. So don't hinder that person that's free and dancing and loving the Lord because they paid their dues to get to that freedom. Nor do you do the reverse of that. We get frustrated when we want to live in one time longer than it was designed for. I'm not being morbid or morose and saying, you know, uh, oh, Lord, just test me right now. I'm, don't ever pray that. Don't, don't do that. But you need to understand that if you've loved, then there's a time to hurt too. If you've laughed, there's a time to be sad too. And don't you buy into this false Christianity that tells you that if you name the name of Jesus, you are exempt from life. God's gift to us is not that he exempts us from life. He keeps us in it. And he empowers us in it. I don't want to learn how to keep the stuff from me. I want to learn how to overcome in it. And my, the spirit of God in me transcending where I'm at that gives the man overseas that's in the prison house for his faith where he can hold on to prison bars and sing the good news of Jesus Christ. We are worn out because we're trying to manipulate life instead of doing the harder thing, which is learning how to live in it. We want seasons of blessing to stay and we try to hold on to it. Our time's longer you know what's been the common advice people have given us about our two little girls that will be eight months at the end of this month? They say that you're going to blink and these days are going to be gone. You're going to blink and these days are going to be gone. What part of your life are you blinking and missing? He gives you one life. And I don't want to just do something great for God. I want to get to heaven, and if he asked me, did you enjoy it? I created this for you, and I, I put you in the family I put you in, and I gave you your babies, and I gave you help for all of these years. And John, did you enjoy your life? How sad would it be to get to heaven and say, I did not? Because according to Scripture, he's given me enough good that would balance out the other. The critical component of the times of your life is in the timing of them. If you live long enough, you'll learn that the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. The right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. There's a timing to life. Just because you got a little boy that's five years old and he's watching you shave doesn't mean you give him your razor. There's time for that later. He's a man. No, no, he will be. But the, the, the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. Somebody come and say, oh, the Lord gave me this 
gift and this ability, and I do the twist. I know how to do the twist. Watch this here. Let's twist again. I know how to do it. Man, I've got skills. And that, that hour's closed. That chapter closed. They ain't twisting no more. But I got this gift and ability. You missed your time. And some of you are at the tipping point. And God has a time for you right now, and you're going to miss it making stupid choices. You only get to be young once. I don't care what they tell you on TV. 50 is the new 40. No, it ain't. <laughs> if I ain't never preached, I'm telling you the truth. 50 is 50. And if you got high mileage, you're closer to 60. Had someone tell me that day, they go, oh, well, you're not that old. No, I, I, I know I'm not old. I'm like the 2006 car. It's not real old, but it's got 700,000 miles on it. <laughs> I went out and tried to play basketball with the boys, and, you know, I hit a couple shots, and they said, hey, you still got it. Yeah, but I can't brush my teeth the next day. <laughs> Kelly, come in here. <laughs> What are you doing with the times of your life right now? Are you using your 20s for self-indulgence when you should be preparing for the parent you're going to be? Are you using your 30s chasing the dollar bill when you ought to be chasing your children around the house hearing them laugh? Because once that window close, closes, that time is over. It's critical to know who you are and where you are and the difference between right and wrong, but it's equally as important to know the timing of a thing. These are the things you need to remember about the time of your life, the times of your life. Number one, you have a limited number of them. You have a limited number of hours with your wife, you have a limited number of hours with your kids. You have a limited number of hours of influence. You have a limited number of hours of opportunity. And when they're over, they're over. And listen, God heals and God restores, but God doesn't let you go back and be young again. No redos. Well, the scripture says the Lord restores the years that the canker worm and the caterpillar have eaten away. He does not grant old people youth again. How seriously are you taking your life? David said, teach me to number my days and to know how critical. This is not the dress rehearsal. This is it. You may not get a second chance to relive certain times. You cannot determine when they come or how long they stay, but your attitude and choices connected to them impact and color your life in dramatic ways. We are given similar times, but not the same times as others, and not in the same amount. I've already outlived my earthly father eight years. I can't wrap my mind around that. I've already outlived my earthly father eight years. Your life is a vapor. It appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away like a vapor over a pot and then it's gone. What are you going to do 
with the rest of your life. We're not promised tomorrow. I'm aware of this often and sometimes, maybe not using a lot of wisdom, you know, my wife, will, it just hurts her when I'll say this. I'll say, what if this is the last one? And when we first got married, she goes, what? I said, what if this is our last dinner? And she's like, Ugh. she'll start to cry. I'm like, oh, no, no, I didn't mean it like that. It's like this cruel husband. But I think like that. What if this is the last time for me to stand on this stage and tell you that I love you? And to make sure that your life counts. We need a good dose of that every now and then to make sure that we're telling the people we love that we love them. That we're living our life as sons and daughters of God. That we're not embarrassed of the gospel of Jesus Christ or his name. Because there's a day coming very soon when you and I are going to step into eternity and the opportunity to live will be gone. It's not morbid. It's, it's sobering. It's good for us to consider the times of our lives. The times of our lives are organized and orchestrated by the hand of God. The times of our lives are filled with wonder, beauty, and joy for the one with capacity to recognize them and the wisdom to appreciate them. You can't just decide to do this. You have to ask the Lord to give you spiritual sight and spiritual ears to hear. And I know you may think this is silly and you may not grasp it. I'm telling you my experience. I'm finding, I'm finding God in the strangest of places. Yesterday, I had to come up to the church to borrow a backpack sprayer out of the back here. And one of my favorite things to do is to take my old truck and let Chuck get in with me. And he jumps in and Chuck is my boxer and he just loves me. He'll sit with me on the front porch and just watch me write the sermon. Here's a 60 pound dog. He's like, I'm right here if you ever want to look this way. I'm just right here. I'm just, just right here. This is, and I'll just pet him and his little nub will go, mm, and he's just like, I'm right here if you ever want. And I say, Chuck, you want to go with me? And he will jump in the air and do these flips and contortions. And so I get him in the truck, you know, and he jumps in, spins around facing me like, I'm right here, buddy, you know, in the truck. And before I was a Christian, I thought, man's best friend. And now I see that the Lord has scheduled joys like my dog for me. You may see a middle-aged guy in a truck with his dog. I see glory. My little girl reached up to me the other day for the first time like this. People would see Hallmark moment. Oh, no. I sensed the Lord. John, if you'll allow me. I didn't know it at the moment, but two weeks ago, maybe God's in heaven talking about his son and says, I have scheduled a healing moment for him. He's going to walk into it, and Olivia's going to look up at him and lift her hands, and a part of his heart is going to come to life. If he sees it, if he recognizes it, if he embraces it, and if he appreciates it, or he'll walk by her, get the next task done, and miss out on his life. There's a time for everything in your life. There's a time for healing. There's a time for joy. There's a time for expectancy. There's times for all of these. Don't whittle your life away. 
walk wide-eyed, looking, anticipating, because God is good. And he fills our life with goodness. And I know there's bad seasons. Hey, I've had them. I've had winters, and I'm going to get to that if time allows. But we ought to be people that can list over and over the times of our lives, the times of our lives, the times of our lives. One of my favorite things now, and it's a time, it's happening right now. It's when I open the door. My wife is in the back part of the house with the two girls, and she says, Is that daddy? Something in me comes alive. Comes alive. And I feel like the richest man in the world. Do you still have to work? Yes. Do you still have to pay your bills? Yes. Do taxes still come? Yes. Does the roof gutter still full of leaves? Yes. Does the yard need mowing? Yes. Does Chuck have fleas? Yes. We have to bathe and dip Chuck. All of, all of that still goes with it. This is what I want to ask you. Do you see more clearly the frustrations than you do the times of your life? If you do, something's wrong. Something's wrong in your soul. You ought to be able to see both of them. Now, don't ignore the bad. I know these people that act like if you acknowledge any of that, then that's not faith. How are you? Blessed, highly favored, wonderful. Praise the Lord. Like nothing ever goes wrong with you. <laughs> Sit here with pneumonia. How you feel? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> you need to get that checked is what you need to do. You need to see somebody. So the balance is life is going to hit you like a flowing river. But are you having the time of your life? I know for some of y'all this ain't spiritual. I think it's good. I think it's good. Just good counsel. And you can talk about me at lunch. That's all right. Hopefully it's good. The times of our lives do have their share of heaviness, sorrow, pain, and loss. But the times of our life fit perfectly together. If I had not known sorrow, I would not appreciate joy. And that's not a cliche. If you've ever wept for months on end, you understand my joy today. Life fits together. Loneliness bleeds into companionship and makes it explode with glory. Sickness bleeds into health, which makes us grateful. You got to have both of them. Have you ever seen, and us guys, we're slow about this kind of stuff. We don't know the difference between a, a Parmesan rug, a Parmesan rug, Parmesan cheese rug. We don't know. I was like, baby, they got one at Sam's for $70. We ain't buying that rug. It's got the weavings in it. We're not getting that. We like this one. I'm like, I could feed a third world nation for six months for what that rug costs. But this one is made well. We got three dogs and two babies. We don't need nothing made well. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, how do you know the difference? How do you know what's a good rug and what's a, not a good rug? Flip it over. And when you flip it over on the underside, there's all this chaos of colors and weaving and on the front side you have quality and beauty you know what some of us need to do we need to flip our rug over all you see is the negative and that which crosses over and that which bleeds together but when God wants to do his greatest work 
he does some of the most unthinkable things and weaves them all together. My, my, my life is a tapestry of the skilled hands of God. And only God can take the rejection and the alienation and the loss and the loneliness and the poverty and the lack and the misunderstanding. And when he flips your rug over and you have the capacity, listen, listen, to stand on everything that's happened to you and say, blessed be the name of the Lord. You are wealthy. You are wealthy. Anyone can assess their situation and declare, this isn't good. That's a thermometer. It's 85 degrees in here. That's a thermometer. But you have the capacity to be a thermostat in your life and set it and say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Why? Because the Lord is good. And my life is good. One of the sternest rebukes I've received from the Lord in my Christian life happened a couple months ago. One sentence. Just one sentence. Embarrassingly, I tell you what I felt the Lord say to me. He said, after all I've done for you. After all I've done for you. Could the Lord say that about you? After all I've done for you. And you're going to talk about the times. And you've missed the times of your life that I've given you. The times of our life aren't always in the ideal chronological order. And I don't know who this is for. It's a limited number of people, I'm sure. But you're trying to make it fit in order. And let's say you're in your 30s or 40s and you've not found someone. Well, you might have the full married life on the back end. And someone else had it young, like my mother and dad. And then my mom buried her husband and had four kids by herself. God doesn't grant everyone the same order. And I'm not saying there's a right way and there's a wrong way. Listen, we're all individual and created. But I'm telling you, I'm grateful that I'm a father at 50 and I wasn't a father at 20. I wouldn't have been a good dad. But if you look at your life and say, well, you get married in your 20s, you have your kids. and Dang, I'm 30 years behind the curve. Why are you trying to make it fit in your chronological idea when God, who orders your steps, has a master plan? There's a time for everything. Hashtag single life. That's what Kylie always says. Hashtag single life. Well, once you're married, you're going to look back and go, then with some good days. <laughs> go to bed when I want to go to bed. Get up when I want to get up. I don't want to eat that. There's some, there's some benefits to single life. Do you have the capacity to enjoy where you are and glorify God in it? All right. There's only two, so we'll get at it. Not only is life comprised by times, but it's connected by seasons. Every season is comprised of both pleasant and unpleasant things, comfortable and uncomfortable, desirable and undesirable, satisfying and unsatisfying, much of which occurs simultaneously. Times are things that happen. They come at you. But seasons are more a block period of time. And there's always going to be seasons in the natural realm. Summer, fall, winter, spring. And there will be seasons, and I've taught on this before, in your life. This is what a summer season looks like. Things are alive, bright, 
more day than night, more time spent outside. But also it has unbearable heat, humidity, sunburn, sunburn, drought, scorching. You've not lived till you've had summer in Macon. My friends up north, they'll see, you know, weather channel say, 101 feels like 115. How does it feel like 115? I said, get your microwave dinner. It says cook it for 90 seconds, cook it for five and a half minutes. Take it out of the microwave, put it on your counter, put your face right up to it. <laughs> Pull back the lip of that thing, and it goes, Boom! That's what making feels like. Not only are you damp, you got a little funk going with it too, a little, you know, <laughs> cologne cooking and, you know. Summer's not all bright and sunshiny. It's got its hangups too. Fall, heat gives way to perfect weather. Vibrant colors not seen anywhere else or at any other time. It's comfortable. But things are also starting to fade, lose life, strength. It gets darker earlier. There's a foreboding of what is to come. Winter, the ground has time to rest. Water is replenished. The beauty of snow, but things begin to die. Barrenness settles in. Ice buries all of the color and beauty, biting winds and grayer skies. And then spring, things are coming back to life. Colors everywhere. Beauty, freshness, change, newness. Yeah, but don't forget your bugs. Don't forget the bees. You ever tried to eat outside in the spring? It's like a yellow jacket siesta or fiesta or whatever just all around you. And pollen in Macon. I've got trees that drop beach towels of pollen. You know what I'm talking about? Rolled up beach towels and they'll drape around your neck. That goes with it. Why is it that you're trying to have a spring life without any of the negatives? Or a summer life without any of the negatives? God wants us to live as the seasons hit. Our life is cyclical, just like the seasons. Times happen in no particular order, but seasons are pretty consistent, predictable, and trackable. You can tell when they begin and when they're on their way out. Much of our difficulty with seasons in our lives is found when we try to change the season to fit us instead of us changing to fit the season. All right, I'm going to give you an example. I've witnessed it. I don't participate in this. This is not an area of my weakness. But I'm amazed at the people that will not let go of a season. It's summertime. Shorts, tank tops, you know, don't forget hygiene. Please, for whatever you do, please do the hygiene. But it'll start to get fall and they're still wearing their shorts. They'll go into winter and have the little blue jean cutoffs, hiking boots, and then layered up here, you know, shirt, 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 jacket. Let the shorts go. It's winter. They just, they got... I mean, you know, it's summer, it's summer. And then you got the people that love fall and winter and making, you know, you can wake up and it's 36 degrees and it'd be 82 in the evening. You know, they wear their long pea coat, you know, and it's 80 degrees outside. And I will not. It was cold this morning. You'll hear them say this. Can't make up its mind what it's going to do. Have you heard somebody say, the weather can't make up its mind? It knows what it's doing. You're the one having trouble because... Make me adapt. I'll show you. I'll wear my coat if it kills me. It may. <laughs> so if you can see it in the natural, 
Can you see it in the spiritual? What part of a season are you trying to hold on to? Sometimes life is good. And if you try to hold on to it too long, you'll never have the downtime of winter that restores your soul. Every season is necessary for your spiritual growth. Much of the difficulty with seasons in our life is found when the words of our mouth bury us in discontentment, resentment, and a loss of perspective. We curse the season we're in. No wonder you're miserable. Anybody can curse cold. It's just so cold. It's never, it's just so cold. And you tell yourself that long enough and you just hate the weather. It's just a hot. And you hear people, the same ones that cuss the cold, it's just a hot. I saw the devil in the parking lot. He goes, great day, it's hot out here. I saw him. It's just hot. It's hot. And all they do is they repeat the negative and it colors their life with discontentment and it spreads in the home like cancer. Much of the difficulty happens when our longing for the next season disqualifies us from truly living in the one we have. It's okay to long for, it's okay to pray for, it's okay to hope for, and it's okay to be expectant. Are you living where you are? Is the joy of the Lord your strength? Is the high praise of God in your mouth? Are you grateful? Are you worshipful? Are you enjoying your life? I don't want to be... Let me, let me go ahead and just get to the brass tacks. Before I was a Christian, I lived for the weekend. TGIF, and ain't nothing new under the sun. Forget about it. Your grandfolks were TGIF. They just didn't call it that. Can't wait to get to the weekend. Wow. Friday, off Friday. Man, I'm off Saturday. Stay out all night Friday night. Wake up on Saturday. Recoup Sunday. And then you got to go to work again. So now watch. Watch how brain dead this is. So I'm living for one day. And I've lost the six days. What would life be like if it wasn't thank God it's Friday, but thank God for today? Then I get seven days. Now, wait, before, before, before we mock the unbeliever, we do it spiritually. I live for Sunday. Well, I love Sunday. You don't enjoy Thursday? No. Tuesday? No. Monday, I have a resignation in one a resignation letter in one pocket and a gun in the other. I don't know what I'm doing on Monday. <laughs> But I just thank the Lord for Sunday. You've been tricked. God has given you life. And they should find more life than living for the weekend. And you should find more life than living for the weekend. God wants you to live. One of the keys to living a balanced, fulfilling, and joy-filled life is purposing to live in and learning how to live in every season. To live fully, we must be at peace with the season of our life. Are you in summer? Are you in winter? Are you in fall and spring? Are you at peace with it? Knowing that it changes, it always changes. You must be grateful in every season. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, in everything give thanks. This is the will of God. You must praise in every season. I bless the Lord at all times. You must work in every season, serve in every season, hope in every season, and sow in every season. Give towards your tomorrow. He that soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly. But he that soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. 
And you must celebrate this season as if it were the last. Every season of your spiritual life has purpose. God-ordained, God-controlled, and God-empowered purpose. Every season has something for you to gain and something for you to lose. Let that sink in. Every season has something for you to gain and something for you to lose. Something for you to learn and something to unlearn. Something for you to remember and something that you should forget. Each season, this is critical. If you don't hear this part, this second point is not going to make sense to you. Each season sets up the next one. So if you've not fully lived in this one, there's no transition to the next one. Each season is dependent upon the one before. Spring depends on winter to bury everything so it can burst out of the ground with new life. If you're cursing the season or holding on to it, you don't give the moments of your life time to interlock so that it can catapult into the next thing God has for you. I've thought that Christianity, early on, I thought the goal was for God to make everything like I wanted it. And I've learned that God wants to free me to live life as it comes and enjoy them all. And did you know this? It's okay. Everyone has a favorite season. I like spring. That's my favorite season. That don't make it the best season. Everyone has a favorite season. Some people in this room like winter. I don't know why. <laughs> Pray for them. Oh, I want to move up to Bangor, Maine. You know, 61 inches of snow. Great. I've got a friend of mine that lives in Berwick. He, he'll write me, 27 inches of snow. I'm like, I would look for something high to jump off of and something jagged to land on. I ain't living in 27 inches of snow. Chuck couldn't make it in 27 inches of snow. Each season is a chapter in the pre-written book of your life, and it's necessary to finish the work God has begun in you. If you look back at some of the things you like most, and some of the people you like most, they remind you of a specific season that held incredible significance and joy for you. And finally, my last list this morning. Things you need to remember about seasons. If our musician would come, please. These are the things you need to remember about seasons in your life. Before I give this list, how many of you feel like you're in a summer of your life right now? Okay. Fall. Things are starting to fade. Okay. Winter. Spring. Okay. All of us need to remember these things. To navigate this season. Every season in your life has two specific things. A beginning and an end. This season will not last. It will change. Well, I don't feel like it's ever going to change. It will change. Every season has a beginning and an end. Number two. They have similarities, but they differ in many ways. When they begin, how they begin. When they end and how they end. They differ in, in intensity, duration, and process. But they all have anomalies. In the winter, you can have a warm day. In the summer, you can have a cool day. So they're all different. Last winter won't be like this winter. Won't be like the next one, last summer. So you need to not say, well, something's wrong because it's not the same. It's the same, but it's just... A little different. 
Depending on where you live, all seasons are not equal. Winter here is not like winter in Berwick, Maine. And depending on where you live today, your winter may be harsher than it's ever been before. But they'll tell you that the harshest winters bring about the most beautiful springs you've ever seen in your life. Every person has a favorite season. In the middle of a season, it's easy to believe that it'll always be this way. But it'll change. You must adapt to this season. It will not adapt to you. Number seven. There is breathtaking beauty in every season. I love when my friend Dan Waits would post from Blairsville. He said, my view from the back porch this morning. Kevin Reeves will post on his photography page just seascapes and landscapes that will just take your breath away but that snapshot in the spring can't be caught in the winter and the one in the winter can't be caught in the spring there is beauty in your life today if you'll just look yeah there's flowers are gorgeous but a snow capped mountain man does not control the seasons God does you're not God, nor am I. Each season gives you a different backdrop so you can paint a portrait of worship. I want to stay here just a second. My worship today, having a wonderful wife and my babies, is different than my worship when I was alone. So God gives me this canvas. And some of you have a black backdrop and there's nothing but storm clouds and loss and sorrow and frustration. All of these things. There are people in this room that lost children this year. Some buried their spouse. Their spouse. And from that winter, they get to worship. So see, God, wanted to, God wants us to worship in our loss. And then when he blesses us, he wants us to stand there and go, and I worship you. And when things start to fade, oh, I wasn't, I wasn't worshiping you because it was always going to stay. I bless you. And when it starts to go up, it's that we might paint a portrait of worship in every season of our life. And the final thing I want to share with you, it's my, my favorite. Spring always comes. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what they say. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what your Christian friends say. I don't care what other pastors say. Spring always follows winter. And I love, as I've gotten older, I stand in my faith and the winter winds will blow and there's, there's no flowers, there's no nothing. And you stand there and go, it's coming. It's coming. And then in your flower bed, through the pine straw, comes this wayward, awkward little flower just by itself. It might even be a weed with a flower on it. It don't matter. It's color. Y'all know the weeds with flowers on them? Leave them alone. It lets color come to her. It's coming. It's coming. And I hope you don't think I'm being silly. I'm encouraging you. All you got to do is live. All you got to do is live. Spring's coming. Don't give up, baby. Don't give in. Don't quit. Don't turn around. If you endure... You just, see, 
it's dark on the other side of the world. And the world's spinning. And sunshine's going to come around to them just like it comes around us. So those are days, days and nights, days and nights. Seasons are the same way. They're just bigger. And I hope I didn't just talk today. I want to summarize it in one sentence. I believe the Lord wants you to live. To live. To live, man. I've come that you would have life and it be abundant life. The revenge of life is living. And that's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for me. May God free us to live. May God free us to live. So as you go out from this house, look for beauty. And every time you see it, whether in the face of your dog or in three green lights in a row in a parking space, however you find it, baby, however you find it. Thank you, Lord. Will you give me just 30 seconds? I'm done with my message. I don't know who you are or where you are. And I could say this and it fit to somebody. There's a time and place for everything. There's always a time to come home to God. There's a time to walk away. And there's a time to come back. And you ain't got to give the devil two weeks notice. You just leave. Amen? Would y'all stand with me? I'm going to ask my wife to come pray over us this morning. Would you come, Kelly? Would y'all honor her as she comes this morning? Lord, we bless your name today. We thank you, Lord God, that we're your sons and daughters. And we thank you, and we are so grateful for your light that we get to live in, Lord God. Lord, I just pray and ask, Lord, for the glory of your spirit, Lord, to transform us today by the word that you have delivered to us, Lord God. Please let us throughout our days, Lord, to make the decisions that are hard sometimes, Lord God, to put the thing that doesn't matter away and to live fully, Lord God, in the glorious moment that you've given us, whether we're in a winter season or whether it's scorching summer or whether it's just the absolute beauty of spring, Lord God. But God, I just pray and ask that in that moment where we turn away from the thing that is useless, Lord God, and as we enter in to the incredible beauty of that moment that you've prepared for us, Lord God, that we would just live in a week, in a life, Lord, full of glory, just explosions, Lord God. Lord God, may we always turn it back to you, Lord God, and just praise you. And God, just transform us, Lord, by those moments, Lord. We just take one step at a time, one step at a time, and we bless you, Lord God, and we praise you, and we thank you for your life that you've given us. It's in Jesus' perfect, mighty, awesome, holy beautiful, glorious name that we pray, Lord God. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.